From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Communities across the country are grappling with the opioid epidemic, and medical professionals are involved. On HealthLink on Air, we've talked with a variety of experts from those helping revive people who've overdosed to those helping people kick the addiction. And today, we have an associate professor of emergency medicine with us to talk about the role emergency doctors play in preventing overdoses, particularly those from opioids. Dr. Jay Brenner is here. He's the medical director for Upstate's Community Campus Emergency Department. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'd like to give uh, listeners a sense of how big of an issue this is for hospital emergency departments. Um, you said uh, 2% of patients? Yes. In our three emergency departments at Upstate, our adult, pediatric, and community campus emergency departments, we saw over 100,000 patients total in the 2017 year. Of those, greater than 2,000 of those patient visits were for opiate abuse or dependency. So what's the difference between abuse and dependency? Abuse is what you would typically think of as an overdose. Someone who has used opiates past their recommended dosage or illicit opiates such as heroin or fentanyl and has come into the emergency department because they need to be rescued from the consequences of their overdose. Dependency is more uh, analogous to addiction someone who chronically uses opiates and is dependent upon them, either psychologically or physiologically, and either is presenting to the emergency department with symptoms of withdrawal, looking for treatment, or with some symptoms and signs of dependency and needs to uh, be encouraged to seek treatment. So do all of these patients arrive like by ambulance as an emergency, or you get some that, that come in, family members bring them, I assume? Right. So it's all across the board. So some are uh, presenting by EMS arrival, and some are presenting um, by private vehicle. And in terms of um, the amount of time and um, the care that these patients need, are they typically in the emergency department for a while? Yes. The standard overdose patient spends six hours in observation in our emergency department. Some patients are so critically ill that they need to be admitted to the intensive care unit and supported uh, with life support. Uh, Those patients actually tend to uh, spend less time in the emergency department as long as we have capacity to manage them in the hospital. And then there are patients who are more well than those who require six-hour observations because they have withdrawal symptoms or dependence and they can be addressed more quickly even in a uh, minor treatment area. But we, we see uh, on the whole longer stays in the emergency department uh, for our patients who come in with overdose. All right. Well, you make the case that um, the role emergency doctors play in preventing overdose, particularly opiates, um, is threefold, crisis management, treatment, and prevention. So let's talk about each of those individually. Um, what, is, what do you mean by crisis management? Sure. I'd like to give credit to Dr. Gupta, the Onondaga County uh, Public Health Commissioner, who has been uh, crafting and pitching this three-pronged approach. Crisis management refers to naloxone access. And so when patients do overdose on opiates, uh, it is critically important to save their lives by administering naloxone quickly. This is the drug that can reverse an overdose? Yes. And I know that uh, 
your audience has heard from Dr. Egelstrom from the Poison Control Center uh, about the use of naloxone, what we can do in the emergency department is ensure that patients who uh, come in with overdose are given naloxone quickly, but we can also ensure that patients with either abuse or dependency who are discharged from our emergency department are sent home with a naloxone kit that the state has provided funding for at our downtown campus or uh, with a prescription at our community campus. And that would be for someone in their life to have on hand if they were to overdose again? Exactly. Is that the thinking to have it in the home or something? Exactly. Because first, we're committed uh, as uh, safety net uh, healthcare professionals to save lives. Uh, secondly, uh, we should provide treatment. So if someone comes in with opiate withdrawal, we have the ability to give one dose of buprenorphine, which can help alleviate opiate withdrawal symptoms, and then to refer to a medical-assisted treatment provider, such as the Bridge Clinic, run by Dr. Sullivan, our emergency physician who is additionally trained in medical toxicology and board certified as well in addiction medicine. And that is a place that uh, patients can receive short-term prescriptions for medical-assisted treatment for buprenorphine or methadone, and then eventually get into a longer-term arrangement for uh, rehab. And I think that um, it is an obligation of emergency physicians to uh, offer that treatment and referral. So you mentioned the Bridge Clinic. Um, so that is something someone could go to as a referral from the emergency department. Yes, from all three of our emergency departments. It is something that Dr. Uh, Sullivan initiated in November of 2016. And the Post Standard uh, gave him good press on this in 2017, leading to an influx of patients, which we then responded by uh, supporting him with a nurse practitioner uh, to extend his practice, who uh, was partially funded by the Upstate Foundation. And so the whole uh, purpose behind this is to help people get off or to not be addicted to the medication or opioids. Yes. Afterward. First, we have to save lives. Then we have to get patients off of their opiates. And thirdly, and most broadly and importantly, we need to prevent the abuse and dependency that exists. And we can be partners in prevention by thinking carefully about prescribing narcotics. Well, I, I definitely want to ask you about prevention, but before we go too far there, um, is it because it strikes me, um, you know, if you're if you're giving patients who leave the emergency department after an overdose, you're giving them naloxone in case it happens again. Isn't it dangerous to have it repeated? I mean, I've heard of patients that return in the same day, multiple overdoses. Isn't that exponentially more dangerous for the person? Yes. I became medical director at the Community Campus Emergency Department in 2015. Simultaneously, 2015 was the highest year of opiate deaths in this country as ever before. It exceeded HIV AIDS epidemic at its peak. It exceeded deaths from trauma, including motor vehicle collisions and penetrating trauma. And at the same time, Krauss Hospital closed its inpatient detox unit. And so I took it upon myself to do whatever I could as the director of the emergency department to afford all opportunities for patients suffering from opiate addiction to get treatment. I extended myself to the Syracuse Behavioral Health uh, Service, which has expanded its ability to take care of patients 
However, there is still a limit on what they and others like them can do. There are some patients who are so ill that they do need an inpatient hospitalization. We do not have an option for that in central New York. I'd like there to be one. There is now a new option for patients who are addicted to opiates, but also suffering from infectious diseases such as endocarditis, which is a heart valve infection, or osteomyelitis, which is a bone infection. And those are related to opioid They are misuse. related to clean needles not being clean enough and getting bloodstream infections. There's now an option that has been funded um, with a grant uh, at St. Camillus in partnership with Upstate that Dr. Endy, the chair of our microbiology and immunology um, department, has spearheaded along with Teresa Baxter, a nurse practitioner uh, who supports our pain service, uh, to have patients there for their IV antibiotics as well as for psychological and psychiatric substance abuse treatment. But for the general population who does not yet have a bloodborne infection that has very difficult opiate addiction, we do not yet have a in-hospital, inpatient option. So in the meantime, um, I will do and encourage all the uh, healthcare professionals I, I work with and supervise to offer the, the most that we can. And that includes, by the way, in the emergency department setting, a social work evaluation to screen for uh, substance abuse. Okay. All right. Um, let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Jay Brenner, the Medical Director for Upstate's Community Campus Emergency Department and an Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine. Um, so now I'd like to talk about the role of the emergency physician in terms of prevention, because you don't usually think of an emergency doctor in terms of preventive health care. Um, so what is what role do they play in that? You know, I think there's a good analogy to smoking cessation. If I can dovetail for just a minute, it really became evident to us that catching people when they're at their sickest for counseling is sometimes when you can catch people most willing to reconsider their lifestyle choices. And so it is incumbent upon us to consider the opportunity we have when patients are at their sickest to not only take care of them and stabilize them, but also to give them the best anticipatory guidance. We are often confronted with patients who have painful conditions in the emergency department. Pain management is something that we do on a daily basis. Seeking alternatives to opiates is critical to prevention of opiate abuse and dependency. In fact, there's, a, there's guidelines out there that were started at St. Joseph's Hospital in Patterson, New Jersey, that have inspired a congressional legislation to support the use of these guidelines. I gave these guidelines to my providers at our last monthly meeting, and uh, they've been uploaded into our EPIC uh, electronic medical record as guidance within our clinical operations section. So are these other medicines that help with pain control? Exactly. And okay. some of these are old familiar strategies, using acetaminophen and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like Ketorolac to manage things from kidney stone pain to back pain, 
uh, some of them are more novel uses of, of medications like ketamine, which is known as an anesthetic, in lower doses can be an analgesic. Uh, and some uh, of the guidelines include other local anesthetics used in regional nerve blocks and trigger point injections. So it's really expanding our capabilities uh, to meet what has become, as we all know, a public health emergency. So when you um, have to give someone a pain medicine or, the, or they need a pain medicine, do you find patients who are resistant who say, I don't want that because I don't want to get addicted? Do you see that? Yes, absolutely. And the guidance of start low and go slow is counterintuitive to an emergency physician who usually is focused on taking care, take of care of the it. sickest possible problem first. Right. But with pain management, I think it's advisable. And the patient population is quite well versed in this epidemic. There is an interest from young to old at avoiding opiate usage. And many patients have tried opiates and they don't like the effects. And importantly, when we do prescribe opiates in patients who it is indicated, we ought to be very communicative about the side effects. What are the side effects? Well, you know, in the short term, um, really uh, the drug-drug uh, interactions uh, with other uh, medicines that may sedate um, could, could couple. Um, there's constipating effects um, from opiates that, you know, especially, you know, when you have patients with abdominal pain, perhaps related to constipation or something else, could, could, could worsen that. Um, and, and then we have to discuss the side effects of addiction. Um, the rates are still being tabulated, to be frank. Um, I think they used to be uh, mentioned as 1% uh, by pharmaceutical industry. And as a result, the pharmaceutical industry uh, is, uh, many of the companies are undergoing uh, a, legis a um, litigation uh, class action suit that Onondaga County is um, uh, also involved in um, at misrepresenting the addiction potential. It may be as high as 4%, 10%, depends who you read and who you talk to. Um, but, you know, advising patients that that is a possibility is critically important. Wow. Well, it's good to know that emergency physicians are thinking about this and doing something. My guest has been Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine, Dr. Jay Brenner. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.